This is Rob Sepich, and welcome to Relaxing with Rob. I'll be speaking about public speaking today with some ideas on methods to reduce anxiety around them. I used to be terrified at public speaking. It would feel like my heart was about ready to jump right out of my chest. And I would speak really fast because I wanted to get it over with really quickly so I could sit back down and people would stop looking at me. And of course, the faster we speak, the more likely we're going to get tongue-tied and not have time for the signals from our brain to reach our vocal cords. Uh, And so I'll be sharing things that I have learned and practiced myself and then taught to clients. Uh, Over the course of my career, I've seen many, many people who were referred for social anxiety or public speaking anxiety. And these are learnable skills. No matter what you've been through, no matter how you are neurochemically wired, uh, these are things that can really help. It's probably not empirically true, but I've often heard said that Americans are more afraid of public speaking than death. It seems to outrank everything for our uh, issues in which we are anxious. So first of all, you're not alone. I think it's really unusual when a person doesn't become at least somewhat anxious speaking public. All eyes are on you. Uh, It's hard not to be self-aware and sometimes overly self-aware. But when that awareness interferes with your ability to deliver a message, then you might want to talk to somebody about getting some ideas on help. And here are 10 of them. I'll also summarize them in the show notes. So uh, you'll find like a a brief uh, summary of each of these 10. The first one is evidence-based. It's reframing what's going on physically as something like excitement or energy or motivation. When our senses are all physiologically aroused, there's some pretty interesting studies where if you're presented with a cue of anger, you're going to think, that's it, I'm really mad. And given the same levels of arousal, if you're presented with a cue of attraction, you think, yeah, I'm really attracted to this person. So this is a way to use that research to your advantage. Give yourself the cue, the explanation ahead of time. So that when it inevitably happens, right before you're standing up to speak, you don't think, oh, this is panic. I'm about to go blank. I think I'm going to pass out. I'm going to be really embarrassed. I just want to leave this room. Because if that's what you're thinking, you're going to believe it. And in essence, it'll become true. If your cue is, ah, that's it. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to speaking to sharing this presentation, to sharing this information with other people. It's amazing how quickly that can take the edge off it and you can go back to really focusing on the task at hand. I used that just last summer when I was being introduced to give a presentation that I really enjoy. I do a few of these a year uh, for this specific group. And I was in the front row. I had my cordless lavalier mic all set. I was just ready to unmute it and stand up and face the crowd of about 150 people when my heart started beating so fast. And I happened to be wearing a Fitbit at the time, and I noticed my pulse was a little over 100, which is really unusual for me. And I just thought, okay, slow down my breathing, (laughs) relax, 
and it's not working. And then I thought, oh, could I make a quick exit and come back? Uh, nope, I'll be up on the stage in about 15 seconds. Nothing's working. I teach this stuff. What's going on? When I thought of what I just told you, I'm going to reframe it. I think I know what's going on. I'm excited. I can't wait to share this information, to engage the audience, to be helpful, to be useful. And with that, my name was called. I stood up, unmuted the mic, and started speaking. And had I looked at my Fitbit, within about half a minute, it felt like my pulse was about 60. I just got into the moment, had lost my focus on anticipatory anxiety, and reframed whatever I was feeling in really constructive terms, and it worked. And here's my second suggestion. It's really common to be rehearsing or looking at your notes right before you speak. And my experience is that often makes things worse. It kind of comes across as if you're not as prepared as you'd like to be. So instead of doing that, what I do is I just look for people who seem to be attentive, who are smiling. I feel like I'm already starting to connect with them. It distracts me from too much rehearsing or from focusing on people who do not look attentive because that can really start to mess with your mind right before you speak. Number three is especially helpful as a mid-course correction if you feel like you're speaking too quickly. Um, so if somebody is asking you a question or there's just sort of a logical pause during your presentation, just take a breath, but combine it with a statement like slow down as you're inhaling, and as you exhale, just think the statement, let go, or step back. And what that does is sort of help reduce your feeling of perfectionism and helps you kind of regain some uh, composure if you feel like you might be losing a bit of it. And number four, kind of related to slow down, is speak slowly. This really allows for deeper breathing and helps you sound more confident whether it's true or not, we often attribute uh, knowledge or confidence to speakers who are a bit slower than those who are really faster. And again, as I was kind of saying in the beginning, it allows a little bit more time for your neural signals <laughs> to then reach your vocal cords and you will be less uh, tongue-tied in your presentation. And number five, just recognize that the people in the class or the audience are on your side. It's not comprised of antagonists. Just think of you being in their position when somebody is speaking. I hope you're not thinking, oh, I hope they really mess up, because it would be awkward for everybody. You want the person to succeed, whether you know them or not. So recognize that the people in your audience want you to succeed and to do well. I think that can really help you feel, again, kind of a connection with who you're speaking to. And when you feel a little safer, you're going to do better. Number six is to understand that those people who do not look attentive probably have something else on their mind. It's not that they can see right through you and they're being extremely critical. Most of them who don't look attentive are probably thinking about a text that they just got where they're trying to remember, did I lock my apartment? Or did I turn the coffee maker off? Or my head really hurts. Is this the beginning of a migraine? We're pretty inaccurate at what we're 
inferring from that nonverbal behavior. And we typically take it personally, and you just don't need to because the odds are they're in their own heads, just as you quite often are yourself when you're in the audience. And number seven is you can reduce some of your self-consciousness just by focusing on the content of what you want to convey rather than on how you're appearing to the audience. In other words, when you really zero in on what's the message, how can I deliver this as effectively as possible, there's not much brain space left to be thinking, can they hear that tremble in my voice? Can they see that my knees are shaking? Are they observing the puddles of sweat that are dripping from uh, the palms of my hand down to the floor? If that's where we're at, we're going to do pretty poorly. But if we're focusing instead on the task at hand, there's not that much room for our minds to unravel. And number eight, you might come up with just a simple mantra, some kind of brief, easy-to-memorize, constructively phrased uh, word or phrase or sentence. What Jason Alexander would use, he's the actor who played George Costanza in Seinfeld, and then later I did Broadway, right before the curtain would rise, he would think calm, confident, competent, joyful. And I just love that combination. Those four words, for me, also have really worked to blend together kind of a feeling of, of confidence, uh, but not so much self-assuredness that it would be uh, kind of distancing to the audience. Being happy. And that gets conveyed. People like speakers who seem happy uh, because that can bring out sort of more attentiveness on their part uh, in, in general. It sort of depends on the content. Number nine, smile. This looks like you're comfortable. And then that can bring the same feelings from your audience, which, of course, in turn helps you feel more comfortable as you're seeing that in them. Some videos that my daughter helped record for me years ago on different uh, topics. She would uh, watch a take of them and then she'd stop and she'd say very constructively, okay, um, I wonder if you could say the same thing, but with less uh, sternness in your voice. Maybe imagine you're talking to a client or a friend. And as I would get that coaching I would start to have a smile, and the same material would be perceived quite differently because when I would be nervous, my tendency was then to not smile and sound very stern and serious, and it just doesn't make the messages uh, as easy to absorb. So I've benefited a lot from, uh, from that coaching for my daughter. And my final tip, number 10, is aim and hang loose. That's apparently the title of a golf book, but it has been used as a model for public speaking in terms of halfway through a golf swing or a tennis swing. You're not going to want to stop and move a shoulder a little bit and adjust your vision a little bit. It would not be a pretty sight. You're going to just hang loose, do the best you can. Think of public speaking similarly. You've already aimed. You've prepared. It could be a job interview, a presentation, anything else. But at the moment of truth, to lighten your burden, just think, you know what? My only job now is to hang loose. You'll be much more flexible, much more confident. You'll look less anxious if you're not trying to have every word come out perfectly. 
You can make mid-course corrections more effectively. And definitely when it's not just a formal presentation, but there's a lot of interaction, like a job interview, you'll be more present. You will hear questions more accurately. You'll be able to answer more effectively if you're hanging loose. But by trying to do something perfectly, of course, you'll inevitably make a mistake. And uh, sometimes those can be pretty significant. Well, I hope you'll have found one or two ideas from these to help you the next time that you are uh, speaking publicly and create your own. This is not an exhaustive list. These are just 10 things that I've used myself and have used with clients over the years. So I hope that they will help. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk again soon.